It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Welcome to another episode of Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being with us. Here with me in the KFG studios, my friends and fellow certified financial planners, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. If you're married, do you plan on retiring at the same time as your spouse? And if not, this can complicate your retirement planning, and it certainly suggests that you should get started planning early. So we're going to help you today to know what needs to be factored into your financial plan if you're retiring at a different time than your spouse coming up on today's episode. This is sometimes talked about as in sync and out of sync retiring. So for those of you who um, were a product of the 80s like me, in sync is not just a boy's band. That was 90s, my friend. It was. Yeah. So, but I still get get your gist. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. So, <laughs> all right. Hey, if you have a question, uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to us and submit a question in several different ways. One way is we're using Facebook Live a little bit more. I mean, just jump right in there and send us a question on Facebook. You can follow the show. I tell you, you know, with uh, things, the turmoil that we've had the past six months in the economy and so on, I I would encourage you to follow the the show on Facebook and even on YouTube because there's going to be more things that we're going to be posting and so on and not just the regular episode. So I would, I'd follow the show on both of those um, mediums and you can uh, get all of that content. Just search Wise Money Radio, like, follow, all that sort of stuff and submit questions that way. You can find us online, wisemoneyradio.com, submit a question right there on the right. And then lastly, call or text 574-222-2000, that's 574-222-2000. We got a question we're going to hit later on that was texted into us, didn't provide their name um, or location, so uh, so do that if you can, but we've got that coming up. The We're going to headline today's show with an article that I saw, and Kevin kind of teased it out there, but a few weeks ago, I saw an article pointing to a recent trend impacting people's retirement and highlight some possible changes on how you might need to plan ahead, actually. So the article, for those of you that are junkies out there, called When Couples Retire Together or Don't. It's by Mark Miller. Before we dive into the question, are you going to retire at the same time as your spouse? Do you guys even know? Have you even had that conversation yet? Hmm. And if you have, or if you haven't, how's that answer going to impact your planning? So the article refers to some research done by Fidelity Investments and others that basically said 43% of couples disagreed about the age when they will retire. I found that fascinating. I thought it'd be higher. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so not the disagreeable part, but but that not only is it 43%, but that's rising. Less and less people are retiring at the same time. And so let's first talk about why. Yeah. 
I, you know, I don't think I had ever even made that observation before until reading this article. And it, it got me thinking about clients that have been coming in recently and how many of them have a retirement date that matches their spouse. It's more and more that don't. Right. And again, I had, I had not observed that before. It seems to me if I was to try to identify a pattern, uh, many of them it's because they're different age than their spouse. Mm-hmm. And so one of them maybe gets to the age that they can qualify for Medicare and that's their exit point. They want to get off of a group health plan and... Onto uh, a really big group health yeah, plan. That's right. <laughs> Huge government <laughs> plan. Um, and, and so they make the, the escape from uh, the paycheck world a little bit earlier, but maybe that younger spouse has to keep on working because they need group benefits or need the extra income in order to, to pay for their own private policy. I've noticed that too. I think that is one legitimate reason. If you're listening right now and you maybe you haven't had this conversation with your spouse, you've just been thinking about it, I'd encourage you to have the conversation and I'd encourage you to figure out how health insurance factors into those decisions. Yeah, it's one of the it's one of the biggest factors when you consider making the decision if you're just and typically as we're working with clients we're representing the financial side and I, I think of a couple of things number one is health insurance and how are we going to do health insurance and with a judge in Texas saying that Obamacare is not constitutional or whatever they say there's a lot of there's still a lot of questions about what health insurance looks like before you're 65 now once you hit 65 you hop on Medicare and you're off to the races. But prior to that, that's a big question. And it really, to me, the the big deal is when you look at when, when are the, what, what years of your financial life have the biggest impact on your financial life? It's the last years you work. Mm-hmm. And so you could, I've seen people's financial plans change dramatically just by spending 18 months more in the saddle. I was going to say yeah. the same thing. And, and so I think that could be contributing to it as well. And you might want to consider that, that you're close, but you'd like a little more margin. And so one of you decides to just keep running past the finish line a little bit. Um so, so those are financial reasons yep. uh, that maybe people uh, retire at different times from their spouse. But, you know, one of the most common, I, I think it's it's a joke, but it's said kind of uh, truthfully. The, the number one worry that I hear coming out of people's minds is, what are they going to do with their time and are we going to get sick of each other? I was going to say both of those. Is it yes. too much time to spend with each other? Because if you think about it, if you've had uh, a 45-year career... And the the quality time that you've gotten to enjoy with your spouse has come in, you know, short increments at the end of a day or on the weekends or something. And all of a sudden you could spend all day, every day together. The question is, are you going to be tripping over each other? Are you going to be getting in each other's way? Are you going to throw off the the patterns that maybe your spouse has uh, has already been enjoying? And um, the, the question is, are you going to be able to find activities and interests that you can enjoy together? Or uh, are you satisfied with spending a, a part of every week doing your own thing, maybe with your own group of friends, that sort of thing? And I would also say, what are you going to spend your time doing? Mm-hmm. So, so I think there's there's two things embedded there, and one is, well, you retire. What are you what are you going to do on Monday? 
Mm-hmm. What are you going to do on Tuesday? And and I'll tell you, it sounds awesome, but we've worked with people where six months of awesome starts feeling like I am so bored. I'm so bored. So knowing, you know, so you're not emotionally ready. You don't have that next thing that you're launching into. And then the other, yeah, it's it's strange. Or maybe you're listening and thinking, no, that's not strange at all. But yeah, where you're you're spending. 24/7 with your spouse and yeah that's that that's a little can be frightening for for some people yeah it's and, an adjustment and i think that you know when people are caught off guard or if they retire and 6 months into it they're saying hey i'm kind of bored i don't know what uh, what to do it's t- typically that is someone who has not been planning because as you move closer to retirement, you want to be doing planning to figure out what am I retiring to? And so I see these situations where someone ha- abruptly is done working. The company got sold and they are retired. They The, the new company retired them. Or there is a health change and they retired. Or there are a number of things, there was a buyout offered, they said, yes, I'll do it, I'm out of here, they're retired. And and so, in a way, they've been planning for something, there's an idea out there, kind of like the horizon, their whole life, but then before they were really ready for it, it happened. Yeah. yeah, and if you're not being proactive, as you were just saying, and planning out what is your agenda going to be, what's your schedule going to look like, other people's priorities will start dictating your agenda. You'll find yourself on boards and in volunteer positions. And <laughs> I thought you were going to say ba- babysitting. I was just going to say babysitting <laughs> the grandkids more days than you ever thought. But yeah, yeah actually, all the diapers. Actually, that's if, if they're your grandkids, that's not called babysitting. <laughs> <laughs> just just a little point of clarification there. Uh, yeah. Some grandparents didn't get that. But you know that might be the perfect vision for your retirement. There isn't a cookie cutter perfect approach for everyone. But you've you've got to be thinking and planning ahead for that now. How does this make planning a little bit more difficult? Does it actually make it more difficult or does it actually make it easier? What are the pros? What are the cons? What are the disadvantages, advantages? We're going to hit all of those so that you're prepared and then talk a little bit about the, the, the formal, thorough retirement process that you're going to need to go through, whether you're retiring at the same time or not. So that and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Are you and your spouse going to retire at the same time? Do you even know? Have you guys talked about your retirement dates? Have you wrestled that one through the ground to the ground? And more importantly, have you started planning for it? That's what we're talking about today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Sorry, just hit the microphone there. Uh, Thanks so much for being with us. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFT studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. I want to say thank you to the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran & Keene, as well as First State Bank for making the Wise Money Show possible. Thank you very much. If you have a question, several ways you can send that to us. 574-222-2000. You can call or text us at 574-222-2000. Online, wisemoneyradio.com, and then Facebook and YouTube and Twitter, just search Wise Money Radio. So we're talking about how there's a recent trend 
that more and more people are re- are, are spouses are retiring at different times. We've talked about some of the reasons why. I think those are legitimate, and I don't necessarily in all the ones we talked about I don't see any of those going away quickly. So this trend might be continuing. Sure. How does it impact your planning then? So guys, in in our experience serving lots of couples who have retired at different times, what are some of the things that you need to factor in in the planning? I think the biggest one we already talked about, and that's health insurance. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, one that I would add, um, you know, when you have one spouse who's maybe trailing behind an older spouse uh, and is going to retire a little bit later, you're essentially expanding the length of time that the retirement resources need to last potentially. And, um, you know, a a younger spouse, um, you need your retirement nest egg to stretch as long as their lifespan is going to go, right? So so longer time horizon is a potential, um, not an unintended consequence, but it's something to not lose sight of. But I actually think that could be an advantage because if you're able, if one spouse retires earlier than the other and you're able to live off of the other person's income and you can let those that nest egg continue to grow untouched that can be significant um, what might change though is your ability to continue to contribute a lot towards that nest egg mm-hmm. and you need to factor that into the planning but for for the folks that like we said earlier would like a little more margin going into retirement because you only want to do it once. So if you're cutting it really close, you might want to just extend it, work another year or two. You'd be amazed at what that can do to your retirement. If someone does that, therefore you can leave your nest egg untouched for another couple of years, that's fantastic. That can be a huge advantage. Yeah, so I, th- I think one of the important things to do is to have an honest conversation about how the change in income is going to impact you. Because this is this is where, as you've worked together as a team your entire married life, and you've been building toward this, you want to really, really work on communication and make what? sure... <laughs> Make sure that, that everyone is on the same page as far as wh- how is this going to impact our income and what are we going to do about it? What what things are we going to start doing? What are we going to stop doing? And what are we going to continue doing? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, piggybacking on what you just said, your tax picture, as your income changes, as your spending changes, your tax picture may change several times in the first few years of retirement as you go from maybe being a two income family down to one income and a pension or one income and a social security. Maybe you'd eventually drop down to a part-time income in there. The, the point though is that it's a different tax profile every single year. And so uh, your proactive planning needs to adjust and uh, be top of mind every single year because there may be new opportunities that present themselves. So over the past 10 years or so, I've been really fortunate to serve a couple who are um, servants themselves. They they work at a church in town, and um, both of them did. And um, and she, the 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 wife, had some health changes. Now it wasn't um, it wasn't uh, life threatening, but she had some health changes. And so even though they were marching towards retiring at seventy, around sixty six, it was they came in and said, hey. You know, she's had some this health diagnosis. We're working through it, but 
I think we need her to stop working. And to, to point on the taxes, because of how they pay their taxes, a lot of it is tax estimates. And so we started figuring out, and, he, and they budget, which is awesome. So we had a foundation to work off of. Uh, okay, so without this income, if we're just on one income, yeah, it might not all work, but I think we can cut here, I think we can cut here. And they were so thrilled when I did a quick tax projection on the board to say, well, you know, what you're gonna pay in these quarterly estimates is going to go down almost to nothing actually because of their specific situation some of the planning we were already doing and that made all the difference in the world i'm glad you brought that up josh because i think a lot of people just assume well i'm just going to keep trucking i'm doing the taxes the same way my tax plan is the same way all that no if you're going to retire at different times that's that's a change in your tax picture that you need to account for in your planning Mm mm-hmm you know, one of the things that often allows a couple, married couple, to retire at different ages is if one of the spouses has a pension. And I, I've watched a lot of people kind of do the mental math where they ask themselves, okay, how much are we living off of each year? And boy, if, if this younger spouse keeps working and we start drawing the pension, boy, we could live pretty close to what we've you know, been accustomed to for a while. And what they sometimes um, fail to recognize is the effects of inflation over time. Right. And, um, you know, I, I had this uh, kind of illustrated to me recently when I uh, met with a long-term client. They had been retired for a few years when we got started together, and this was a lot of years ago. And when, when you have an opportunity to have an audience with someone who has a lot of years of retirement, it's fun to just ask them to look back and to just say, hey, what, what have you loved about retirement? What have you learned? And she said she only had one regret, and that was she retired too early, in her opinion. She was forced to retire because uh, she worked in a criminal justice system at the federal level, and they have mandatory retirement at certain ages. But she was able to start drawing her pension and cash flow was fine because her husband kept on working. Um, what she didn't realize was she got pulled into all kinds of volunteer positions and things. She really was young enough that she could have had a second career and could have kept on building for their retirement. And now, you know, 15 years in, uh, she looks back and she thinks, boy, I I wonder how much more we could be helping family or we could be helping support this ministry or this charity if maybe I had chosen to, to keep on working. But the pension allowed her to retire earlier, and she didn't really think long-term about that. Uh, it, it was more, well, I, I just want my free time. And looking back, she thinks maybe she would do that differently now. Yeah, it's tricky because um, another thing that gets factored in here is what do I do with my social benefits? Yeah. And if there's an older spouse, if say one of the spouses is 70 and one of the spouses is 62, uh, what is what's what do you do if if and if the sixty two year old is looking to retire do they retire and draw social security right away or do they let that social security payment continue to grow before they draw it yeah and so that 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 planning piece is very very important which I would also point to that impacts your taxes as well because if you're drawing social security and you've got a spouse who's already working i tell you one other thing about retiring at different times that i've seen a lot of people that 
haven't factored in as it relates to Social Security is, have you, have you thought this? Have you thought, well, you know what? My salary, I make a certain amount, but once I get to 62 or 63 or once I'm able to draw Social Security, I can draw my Social Security and then I can work part-time and make another chunk. And together, that'll be as much as I was making before. And so that's a good transition for retirement. And then guess what? You don't realize when you work part-time and draw Social Security before your full retirement age, which for most people is 67 now, you're limited on how much income you can actually earn. That's right. That's $17,040 a year. Uh, that you're you're maxed out on. So if you thought you'd be able to earn an unlimited amount or keep on uh, almost double dipping on your salary, just be be careful. There's a potential trap there. I've I've seen a lot of people that say, oh, I can work part time, make twenty five grand, and it's like, nope, actually you can't. You probably could, but you can't also draw Social Security. And then it's like, well, I can't just live on that twenty five grand without Social Security. So that impacts the planning. Speaking of planning, whether you're retiring at the same time or at different times, I want to share with you our process. We've shared it before. It's very thorough to figure out, well, are you on track to retire? And those steps of, you know, the social benefits and when you take this, when you draw that. Uh, with Core Horton Financial Group. With Core. This is Wise Money with Core Horn Financial Group. Do you have clarity and confidence in your plan right now to retire? Do you have clarity and confidence? Have you done the process, walked or run the miles to look at your situation from all angles to make sure, yep, I am totally on track. I can do this, especially in light of what's happened in the economy and the markets over the past six months. Um, Hopefully you do. We're going to share our process here in just a second. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being with us. Coming to you from the KFG studios, my name's Mike. Here with me is Josh and Kevin, as usual. Thank you to Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett with Remax 100 for making the Wise Money Show possible. Thank you very much. Um, in just a moment, we're going to be taking, we're going to dive into listener questions. And so we've got a few great questions from fans of the show. Thank you. If you have a question, you can submit it in a few different ways. We're all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. You can submit questions that way. Just shoot it on the Facebook channel or on YouTube. Um, if you're not following those pages, I'd encourage you to do so. We're pushing more and more content out there, blog posts, um, live videos, that sort of thing. And you can catch up on every previous episode right there as well. Online, wisemoneyradio.com. You can submit questions right there. It turns into an email, goes right to me. We'll hit it on an upcoming show. Or you can call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. So we've been talking about this growing trend of couples retiring at different ages and, uh, and some of the, well, ways that can impact your planning. Now let's talk about the planning. How, how do you start with retirement planning? Do you just look at your 401k statement and whatever the little blurb is on the side that says you're ahead of pace, you're behind pace, that's that's what you go off of? Or how do you do it? Well, definitely not. But can I say a word about timeline first? No. Because I'm going to, Mike. Okay. You know, retirement planning, the best retirement plan starts years before you walk away from your first paycheck. The further out you start, the better your options are going to be, the most flexibility you're going to have with your planning. So I want you to ask yourself a couple questions here. 
Do you know what amount of retirement assets you need to have accumulated by the time you retire? Do you know how much you can afford to spend when you get to retirement? And how much risk you need to be taking with your investments? Do you know what the probability is that your dollars are going to last as long as you need them to? I think we would all agree that you need to know the answer to these types of questions before you retire, right? I would, I would add one. Those are, those are great. I'd add one crucial one. Do you know where you're going to get the income from in retirement? That's great too. I, I love that. So in, in my mind, the first thing you need to do is resolve in, in your mind and your heart that you're going to go make sure you have answers to these questions early enough in the process that if you're not on track or you don't like the answers that you come up with, there's still time to make adjustments. Mm-hmm. And so you've heard us say on this show so many times, um, that often the very first step is figuring out who you're going to trust to help guide you through the planning process. And if you don't know who that person is, um, you know, we encourage you to find a certified financial planner. We have a whole bullpen full of them on our team who would love to serve you, but there are others in the community as well. Seek out the help of a professional who can walk you through this process. Who is a certified financial planner and then does comprehensive financial planning. I met with a new individual who we just hit it off right away, similar views on life, and it was actually, you know, fun. We serve great people. They become friends, and, and we became friends very, very quickly. And and yet, um, he's a, he's been a trustee. He's, he's done several things with finances, and he's done an amazing job managing his own and yet looking at retiring within six months and he's thinking, I don't know if this all fits together. I think I might, but I don't know. And I'd like to talk to a certified financial planner. If if he's talking to someone that just helps with investments, he's not going to get the answers that he needs. And we were able to take a look and I was able to point a couple things out and it was extremely helpful to him at least that's what he shared and so but but having that perspective of how is everything fitting together towards this goal well when you say everything fitting together we often talk about five different factors or different trade-offs as you kind of envision what that ideal future will look like for you it's things like well what what age do you want to be able to walk away from from work and is it going to be all in one shot or are you going to kind of transition over time? This whole show has been about uh, whether or not your uh, retirement timeline is the same as your spouse's or will you retire at different times? These are important questions to answer because the start date of retirement is really what determines how long retirement is going to be because we're assuming you're going to live a long, long time, that you're going to live out into your 90s, or at least you need to plan as though you will. Mm-hmm. So your age is one of the factors, um, and if, if you decide to retire a little bit later, that helps improve the plan. Obviously, it puts a little bit more pressure on your planning if you go a little earlier. The second is spending, and this is why I would tell you when you look at your 401k statement or when you log in and it tells you you're on track or not, that is garbage. Mm-hmm. And and I, I wish I could use a stronger word. It's absolutely garbage um, because it has no idea what your spending habits are. And and a lot of times that can be defensive. You can look and say, well, you're not telling me how much I can spend at Hacienda or Taco Bell or whatever I'm doing. No, no, no. The <laughs> point is, what's your lifestyle? How will that change in retirement? If you just look at your take-home pay, uh-uh. No, because your take home has already factored in taxes. 
It's already factored in health insurance, most likely, and it hasn't factored in six Saturdays and a Sunday. That's just you spending on the peripheral. When you're at work, you're not spending money. And so you've got to have a hard look at retirement or in retirement at what your spending habits will be. That, in my opinion, of the five factors, that is the most important. They're all important. That one is the most important, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's deceptive if you look at what your income is today and and use that as a guide for what you will need in retirement. And that's why you want to kind of run the miles and do the planning to say, okay, well, what... What will our income look like? What will our debt look like? Yeah. Will we have this debt paid off, and will that free up some cash flow? And look at the things that we won't we, you know, we won't be saving money when we're in retirement. So when I look at my paycheck today, the savings comes off the top of that. So it's it's very interesting because you can have someone that has a has a, a big income, but yet their uh, the, their take home is fairly. Yeah. Uh, modest. Yeah. And so you say, well, you can't just look at that and take a rule of thumb and say, well, I need 50% of that or 80% of that, and that's my plan. Uh, no, I, I, I would get more detailed than that because really this isn't like the education planning where you say, hey, I had a baby and I knew that I was supposed to plan, and here 16 years later I haven't done anything, so what can I do? Well, you can you can pull a rabbit out of the hat and do some some tricky things to and load up on debt to get your kids through college if you haven't planned for that. It doesn't work that way in retirement. So this is where we really encourage people to sharpen the pencil and do the right. work. Yep. Well, that third factor is income planning and it is something that you have um, at least influence over. Uh, decisions on when you draw Social Security, for example. Delaying Social Security even just one more year gives you an 8% increase in what you'll draw for the rest of your life then. So decisions like that, you know, when you draw a pension, if you have one, some people like to assume that they're going to have some part-time income in retirement. That one's a tough one to assume because what if your health doesn't hold up or what if you you Good get point. to enjoy in retirement and you don't want to uh, slow down enough to, to go earn a paycheck. The fourth is your savings. And so that's kind of, uh, there's a two-pronged approach there. How much do you already have saved up in your nest egg for retirement? That's earmarked for retirement that you're not going to raid for college, that you're not going to raid for something else, but for retirement. And then how much are you saving? What's going into retirement on an annual basis from now until your retirement? Higher. And then the last factor, the last trade-off is risk. And that sounds like it has different meaning right now. Um, but are you someone that once you get to retirement, I never want to hear the word risk again? Well, if that's the case, then it's going to influence your choices in the other. You might need to retire. You might need to work longer or spend less or find that part-time job if you want to have no risk. Um, for those of you that really want high risk, you got to figure out, well, what's your income plan, right? So the point is, these are the five factors and variations within them, decisions within them, that really all need to be folded together for you to see if you're on track and have clarity and confidence with your retirement plan. I, I, an online calculator doesn't do it, and, and you need to go through that process for something this big. Wonderful listener questions coming up on the way. That and more here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.
This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Thank you so much for being with us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. We are about to dive into a question that was texted into us a few weeks ago. If you have any questions, reach out to us, 574-222-2000. You can call or text 574-222-2000. Online, wisemoneyradio.com. And also Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, just search Wise Money Radio. If you've missed anything on today's episode, it's been about a crucial topic about retirement planning. And I know many of you are thinking about retiring this year or in the next couple of years, and you want to have a thorough plan. If you've missed anything, you can catch every previous episode right there on the YouTube channel. Just search Wise Money Radio, subscribe to it, and you'll see them right there every single week. You can also catch every episode on the podcast. Just uh, search wherever you listen to podcasts, search Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Okay, last week we started tackling this question and we just had to rush through it. There are so many layers to it. It was texted in by an anonymous fan of the show and here's what he or she said. My parents are both 80. My dad is healthy, but mom has dementia. They put their house and main property into a ladybird deed. Is that safe? Good question. So, Kevin, what's a Larry Bird deed? A Larry Bird. <laughs> a Larry Bird deed is slamming over Magic Johnson. That's right. Okay. So, that that is this is actually a great question. So, I just anonymously want to thank you um, for <laughs> for sending it in to us. Um, so, a Lady Bird deed, and forgive me, because this is where we're going to get into some jargon. If you look at financial planning, there are six areas of financial planning. This touches a lot of them, but mainly this is in the area of estate planning. Mm-hmm. And when people have questions like this, this this is, you know, estate planning is a very simple concept, but as soon as you start walking down that path, it gets very complicated very quickly. So, a Lady Bird deed allows a person to retain control over real estate during their lifetime and then automatically transfer the real estate at their death. And so the property transfer occurs automatically at the prior owner's death, avoiding probate. Yep. So you basically add a beneficiary to your house. So your investment accounts, your life insurance, that's going to go, if you, if you have a listed beneficiary right there, hopefully it's the right person, then... If you pass away, when you pass away, that money is very efficiently going to go to the people you had listed. Real estate doesn't always work that way. And, um, at, you know, and I think that's to be expected. But there's probate involved. There's attorneys and all that sort of stuff. And a, a, a ladybird deed is one way to help make that process more efficient. Yeah, the, the way I've always understood it is that uh, a strategy that sometimes uh, estate planners will do is if you have a, an elderly parent who maybe wants to transfer a house to their kids, but they want to have the right to be able to continue to live there, 
you essentially are doing a gift, but then holding what's called a life estate, which is basically just a, a, a proof that in writing, you have the ability to continue to maintain control as long as you want to, to live there. And I, I think a ladybird deed essentially puts those two actions together. Yeah. Uh, so, and it's slightly different though than in Indiana, we have a transfer on death deed, yeah. which is more of what you were talking about, Mike, where you're essentially putting a beneficiary on the house, normally a house and real uh, assets like that. You can't go scratch the name of a beneficiary into the foundation of the house or something. The, the only way to do this is uh, with proper paperwork down at the county, mm-hmm. and it's something that you can do for a, a small fee, but it does allow you to avoid probate is, is one of the main benefits. I don't want to get too geeky here, but I, I, I saw the text come through. I saw the question, and I thought, okay, what's the goal here? Now, a lady bird deed could actually be a tool in some pretty advanced Medicaid planning. It could be, but it's got to be a component with a few other things working really right together. If we if we read the question again, parents are both 80, dad's healthy, but mom has dementia. Here's my concern. If you're doing some advanced Medicaid planning, some advanced um, estate planning, then the ladybird deed could fit very well into it. But if you're not, and, you're, and, and this was done to just, well, we want to just transfer this, what a ladybird does not do is grant a different authority to someone else to make decisions. Here, dad is healthy and can make decisions for the house. Mom can't. What if something happens to dad? A ladybird deed does not do that. So if the ladybird deed, if you're taking the intention at the face value and saying, well, it's just to avoid probate. Yeah, I think there's a bigger risk out there that you need to consider. And that is if mom and dad both are alive and yet they can't make financial decisions, who has the authority to do so? Mm -hmm. Um, That's either a durable power of attorney and there's a couple ways to do that, springing or immediate, and you're going to want an immediate one um, in this situation. Or it could be the house needs to be in a trust, and then you've got the trustees that are able to make that decision. And so in these types of situations, we've been through them a lot with clients, it's, it's important that you know what the goal is, what the aim, what, what the target is. And then you'll want to use tools to help you accomplish that goal. Right now, when you share about dementia and everything going on, I don't think the goal is to just avoid probate. I feel like the goal should be more than that. Mm-hmm. that that's why the professionals that you choose to trust in a situation like this really matter. If uh, the goal is that this is some sort of an estate planning exercise, great. You're working with an estate planning attorney in that case, along with your certified financial planner. However, if it is more of a Medicaid planning issue and you're trying to prepare the family finances to not be depleted too rapidly if uh, your mom needs some some extended care of some kind, then it may be an elder law attorney that you're working with, a, a specialist in that area. Yep. Yep. Great, great question, though. Yeah. Um, and think okay. and think the house would be protected if you're if if you're married. So the house is protected if you're married in Indiana. If you're a single widow widower, the house isn't protected in Michigan. 
it is and this uh put an asterisk next to this because these things change all the time which is why um i we're not attorneys we don't even play one on tv and we don't don't try to be attorneys but we do make sure that we get great very specific legal advice yep but but a ladybird deed can possibly help prevent your house from being used for Medicaid estate recovery. Yep. So it could be part of uh, and a sophisticated Medicaid planning. All right. Uh, Julia's got our next question. She's 37 from Elkhart. My husband and I had, my husband had his hours drop last fall and is still not back to working full time. I hear you guys talk about saving and doing other things with your money, but how are you supposed to do that when you're suddenly making less money or you get laid off? Yeah, that that's a, that's a real question. That's, that's uh a lot you know, of people are facing that. that. That's exactly right. And it's one of the reasons why it's so important to always be operating with some sort of budget or a cash flow plan. And you need to identify which are the things that are discretionary expenses that you have control over the timing or the magnitude, whether or not you even spend money in certain categories, versus those ongoing basic needs that you're always going to have to maintain, whether there's income rolling in or not. And this is actually your, your situation here where you have an unexpected adjustment to your income is exactly the reason why we're often saying, you need to live with margin in your life uh, because that margin provides a shock absorber if your income takes a hit, but it also allows you to have saving capacity during the good times so you have an emergency fund built up that you can fall back on for a time such as this. So what you're going through, that's that, that's hard. It, it's hard. Um, having a proactive and planning approach to your finances is also hard. And so it's possible over the past 10 years. Now, it hasn't been 10 great years. It's been, you know, five great years because those first five were just trying to, okay, are we going to crash again? Um, But I I hope you've been planning ahead and creating margin and creating um, some more flexibility and options just in case something like this happens. Um, It might be the reason why you need planning at this point. For those of you who are listening to Julia's question and, and you're not there, but you haven't been preparing as if something like that might happen, I would strongly encourage you, sit down with your certified financial planner, come up with your goals come up with your plan to achieve those goals and then come up with the plan if things don't go right those three all three components need to be part of it so thanks for the question that is all the time we have for today on behalf of josh gregory kevin corhorn and myself and all of us at corhorn financial group have a great weekend we'll see you next saturday for wise money with corhorn financial group Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.